This is First Fruit Sunday. It's a very holy, amazing day um, in in the cycle of our year. It's a, a day when all of you are doing the ministry here, and uh, it's awesome. I remember the the first year we did this was about fourteen years ago, I guess. The uh, I was afraid that no one would come on the first fruit Sunday. You know, like I just thought, well, they're all going to stay away because you know they know it's going to be like an offering. That's the the service, and I was just amazed everybody came. You know, and and since then, sometimes people like who aren't even around will come back for first fruit Sunday because of the the conviction and the 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 faith they have for the way they live going to live the coming year, and I, I always feel a little bit like, I, probably, I saw some documentary, you know, years ago of some, it was black and white, I don't know what year it was uh, made, but there's this Italian fishing village, you know, down on the coast where basically that was the industry of the town, and there would be a day every year right before the tuna would, would come. You know, the tuna, I guess there was a regular cycle, and the priest would go down, and the whole village would be there, and they'd bless all the fishing fleet. And and I kind of feel like the priest blessing the fishing fleet, you know. <laughs> and then, as this documentary went on, they went out into the bay, and this was, I, you know, it was probably done in the early 50s or something, but it was, uh, the tuna would come in and sort of fill up the bay, and the way... They'd fish with all these big nets, and they'd get out of their boats into the nets, and just and I just have this faith picture that as you're sowing your first fruits day, you're entering into a harvest that God has prepared. And uh, so we'll get into this. Holy Spirit, would you come, and would you just make these words living words, words that give life? and words that release life. Give us the hearing of faith this morning, that everything we do, we would do with faith. God, grant us that amazing grace where we know that we're participating in your divine abilities, in Jesus' name. So, okay, First Fruit Sunday, this is fun. I I always, this might be my shortest message of the year, and it's a lot of fun just kind of going through and um, preparing us so that what we do, we do in faith, and that includes all of you online, you know. So, um, so first of all, I just want to mention pledges, you know, because this is all based on that we pray and we ask the Lord, you know, that we might hear something or that we have an impression in our heart. And sometimes it's a, a number that's bigger than what we have at the moment, but we're believing God for it. And so that's why we, we put the category of pledges that sometimes we can't do it all at the moment, but we make a pledge. I recommend if you're doing a pledge that you do something that day, you know, that you just have skin in the game, so to speak. But, the, uh, but what's been amazing to us, because you can read statistics when people make pledges or some percentage that fulfill them, and it's not impressively high, but what has stunned us through the years is I would think it's like 98, 99% of all the pledges that are made are fulfilled, 
And it's like, wow, you guys are awesome. Faith and faithfulness is the same word, you know, so you're faithful. And uh, so, and, and I, we also recognize some people won't, aren't here today, and maybe some of you are online and you want to give in person, and you know you're going to be here in a week. So for the, not just this Sunday, but for the next two Sundays, there will be people, uh, you know, elders, leaders, pastoral staff who can receive your first fruit blessing in person, in person, um, you know, speak the words over you, give you the packet of sequoia seeds, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, by the way, if you're giving in line and you want, say, hey, I want my packet of sequoia seeds because it, it's significant to you, just, you know, I don't know how you communicate, but communicate with us and we'll send those out to you. All right, bye. Okay, email us and we will snail mail you the seeds. All right. So Jesus, and then I just want to say this. This is really something why we collect these for a few weeks is because we, there, we always set aside a special day where we pray over the pastoral staff. We'll pray over these envelopes. We'll read the, you know, the, the harvest that you're believing for and agree with you. And it, it is often like one of the high holy days of our whole year. We just get choked up and, and moved. And, uh, you know, sometimes we've had this thing where the glory of God comes in the room and we just can't even speak, you know. So it's very holy. And what, it's just part of our life cycle as a community of faith. Bless you. All right, so let's go through this. First of all, you know, the foundation of this is is it's our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, that our Father, Abba, Abba Nu, you know, delights in our success. And he designs pathways that we can partner in what he's doing in the earth, and we just feel like that this is what is happening today, that we're stepping into something that God has designed for us. Um, so here's some principles, and a lot of this you know, but... But, you know, first fruits is something that you do at the beginning of a cycle. A tithe is, is something we do as kind of a thank you on the harvest we've already received. So these are offerings, and they're prophetic. You know, we're prophesying the harvest to come. And so what first fruits um, sanctify our whole lives and all that we love. And so, um, and I love that this is my favorite part of first fruits. You know, if, if the first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. Romans uh, chapter 11, 16. And what holy means, when we say that first fruits sanctifies our whole life, it means it makes it holy. And when something is holy, God treats it as his own. When we sanctify it, we set it apart from the ordinary. We take it out of just our natural life cycle and we enter into the extraordinary, supernatural, pure life of God. And uh, I just love this about first fruits. That's what we're doing. We're sanctifying all that we have. It's a pattern. It's not legalism. We're not under the law. It's just we're seeing the ways God works. And one of the things that I love in this whole pattern is that first fruit is is something we can do that causes 
a blessing to abide over our lives and over our house. And we honor the Lord with the first and the best, and he treats it as his own, and he blesses. And so I want to read this this verse out of Ezekiel 44, but give some context. The last chapters of the book of Ezekiel are all about this future spiritual temple that's never been built, like the descriptions, the dimensions, and all this stuff. It's, it's something spiritual. It's not physical, tangible. Maybe, I don't know, in the millennium, it'll get, this exact temple will get built. I don't know why, because this perfect sacrifice is already made. But, the, uh, but all of the references in these latter chapters of Ezekiel refer to that period. They're not looking back at a period under the law. They're looking to an age that is yet to come. So with that as a background, let me read Ezekiel 44.30 of the New King James. Um, the best of the first fruits of any kind you shall give. And it, you know, it lists all these agricultural categories that people can bring to, to the priests to bless them. But there's what I love, this toward the end of the verse, to cause a blessing to rest on your house. To cause, that means we're, like, we're doing this with intention, to cause a blessing to rest on your house. To cause, and a blessing is imparted favor and protection. And to say that it rests on our house, it means it, it settles and it finds a resting place. I don't know about you. I want to live my life under a settled blessing on my house. You know, so amen. So it's a pattern. It's not legalism. Third thing is we're planting seeds for a future harvest. And this is my big fascination, that, that offerings are seeds. And a seed is alive. You know, a seed is packed with almost limitless potential. And seeds can, you know, seeds remain alive after thousands of years. You know, archaeologists have found wheat in pyramids in Egypt and planted them, and they grow. And they don't just grow once. They're not like genetically modified with killer sequences in the genes. They grow, and they grow, and they grow, and they'll grow for thousands of years. You know, you could take a seed and change a whole region. And so a seed is packed with almost limitless potential. They contain instructions for the future. They're embryonic information capsules. They actually, the seed isn't like a miniature of what it will grow into. The seed is like a a chemical, electrical, I mean, just talk about miniaturization. God has packed all the program for what will come from the environment once the life in that seed is released. It's like the, I mean, if it, to use a modern thing, it's like a, an algorithm, like a computer program that's packed into such, I mean, like nano, nano micros, you know, compact. Okay, running out of words there, okay? But it's, it's stunning to me. And so here's, you know, this is what we're doing with offerings, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. The point is this. This is the main thing. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. 
Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And I love this, the word translated bountifully is actually the word with blessing. So we're, we're blessing what we're sowing, you know. And each one, verse seven, must give as he's decided to give in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. Why does God love a cheerful giver? Because he's a cheerful giver. And we're participating. It's a pathway that we can participate in the work of God in the earth. And so he's, he's happy that we're happy. When, and the seeds that we sow connect our lives into the soil of God's promises, God's love, and, and it releases the blueprint. And I just, isn't it amazing that seeds, because the, what we call seeds are are plant seeds, you know, I mean, you could talk about animal seed as well, but we're talking about plant seeds, that seeds go into the soil and they, as they release the life in them, that life can capture the power of the sun. And virtually all the energy on this planet comes from energy that's captured by plants from the sun and stored biologically, you know, I mean, just on and on. The, you know, coal and all this stuff that's being burned, it, it actually all came from seed. Uh, it's just, it, and, it, and it not only does it capture the energy of the sun, but it uses that energy to transform dirt and water and air into food, into clothing, into housing, into fuel, into medicine, into, I mean, everything we need starts with a seed. Come on. And so I just like to picture, that I have this picture of like the pioneers, you know, and they're on this kind of soil that's never been planted before. They've, they've turned it over, they've plowed it up, and now they've got their precious seed that's going to bring life and a future. And so, you know, reverently, they hold the seed up. Isn't it amazing? I mean, we miss a lot if we take worship out of our life. So even something like planting a garden, and some of you are gardeners, and you're way more into this wonder of life than, than those of us who are not gardeners. I've tried to be a gardener. It's just not my gift. <laughs> but, so I'm imagining I'm this pioneer, reverently holding the seed, you know, and it's precious because it's in limited quantity, and we're gonna sow it in good ground, and those seeds are alive. They're glowing with an inner life. They're, they're kind of squirming in your hands. And you know what happens if you pick up a handful of wheat? They, it, you can't keep it still. It's moving around. And uh, it's as if they're charged with life. They're awakening and they're ready to transform into harvest. And so I just say, you know, we're, what we're doing here today, we're releasing an awakening. And, and I want to say this for those who've sowed a lot, you know, you've sowed and you've wondered, hey, where's, you know, I want my harvest. And I, we're praying, we've really been focusing on this, praying for those. But I know sometimes the harvest comes after a period of time, you know, like the, the, the apple seed takes a while before it starts producing a harvest. Once it produces for, for years and years and years, for decades, if the tree's well cared for. But I think of, you know, God gave a promise to Abraham and to Sarah, and decades went by before they saw anything. And it drove, you know, it drove 
both of them to the end of themselves. Exodus 15, or Genesis 15, Abraham's in his tent saying, all right, God, look, you know, I'm getting old. Let's just, let's make a deal. I'm gonna make my servant my heir. That's good, he's a good guy. Eliezer can be my heir. And then we got this whole thing settled. It's like, you know, this probably took a, this was a prayer of desperation and God answered Abraham, didn't say, good idea, Abraham. He said, Abraham, go outside of your tent. So Abraham comes out of his tent. He says, now look up at the sky. Okay, he's out in the desert, clear night. He says, if you can count the stars, then you'll know how many children, how many descendants you're going to have. And in that moment, Genesis 15, 6, Abraham he got out of his brain and in the spirit he believed what God said. And God counted it as righteousness. Hallelujah. But, you know, then more decades went by. And Ishmael came in Genesis 16 and circumcision and a, and a ch- name change came in Genesis 17. It's like, this is getting old, God. Like, what's going on? And they just give up. They just give up. And so in Genesis 18, God himself comes to visit Abraham in a pre-incarnate visit with three men came to visit Abraham and went at the end he's saying, I've seen the Lord, you know, so. But, but while they're there, they're saying, Gen- Abraham, this time next year, you're gonna have a child. And Sarah, who is eavesdropping, she's not in the tent where they are, she hears them, she starts laughing. She just starts laughing. It's probably a laugh of unbelief, like that is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Or maybe she was, like, faith was in it, and she was thinking, like, back to, okay, I'm no longer 75 or 80. I'm back, I'm, like, 25 or 30, and, like, what? You know, like, I mean, she, there, this is something that was beyond logic. And we've just been praying, God, that you would give us that joy in giving that doesn't require a logical explanation, but just enters into faith. And then the Lord, they caught her. He always, see, you know, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He says, Sarah, you laughed, didn't you? And she's embarrassed because maybe she was laughing and it was like a dishonor thing. And so she lies. Maybe it was a white lie. I don't know what kind of lie it was, but she just lies. No, I wasn't. And he goes, oh, yes, you were, Sarah. But isn't this amazing? The promise still holds. And he says, Sarah, this time next year, you will have a son. Ah! And you know what they named him? Laughter. Because, I mean, sometimes it, it's just so ridiculous that, that there's this joyful, you know, like, I give up joy in doing that thing that God's called us to do. And God says, Abraham, in Isaac, in Yitzhak, laughter, your seed will be named. And so all through the years, isn't it amazing that one of the ways we know that we've received Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham, is there's a joy that fills our heart. He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. I just pray that there will be a release of the touch of God on our lives today as we give. Okay, fourth thing, that our generosity, you know, it's just, it releases this living, energized, it's reciprocal and proportional divine response. Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. You can 
I mean, you can count on this, right? It's good measure. He's not going to cheat us. It's pressed down. It's more than, than the minimum. It's shaken together. God is going to figure out ways to cram more in, and it's running over, and it's the overflow of our lives that is the blessing to the world around us. It's running over. It's going to be put into your bosom, and with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's proportional, and so many of us have learned this, and it's through the years, there's something inside us that says, I just want to increase the measure because of the joy of the overflow. And so this is our prayer, that God just would, that this would be a living adventure. We're blessing the boats. You're going out, and the tuna are going to jump into the boat. All right. So... Uh, it releases the overflow of God's grace, of God's divine ability. I love 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able, isn't he? God is able to make all grace abound. Not just some grace, all grace abound. And abound means overflow. You know, overflow toward you. Isn't that amazing? God, we just want the overflow to come toward you, toward all the givers, toward... You know, your boat that you're believing, <laughs> say, God, I need these fish to come toward my boat. That God is make, make all grace abound toward you. Why? So that you have all sufficiency, which there's something, you know, that God, you've just, there is no lack to those who fear the Lord. In all things, you may have an abundance, an overflow for every good work. Declaring that over you today. The good thing is God always works with what we have. And so don't let what you don't have discourage you and overrule what you do have because we never know how God sees offerings. You know, like when the little, the little widow threw her two last tiny copper coins into the treasury, Jesus said, look at her. She gave more than everyone else. And it's almost like these are sequoia seeds. These are these tiny seeds that we think, ah, oh, they don't have much in them. And they've got instructions that go on and on and on. And Jesus used the example of the mustard seed. And we, we have our own North American example here of a sequoia tree that grows for thousands of years out of the instructions contained in those little tiny seeds that are so small, they're like tomato seeds. They're like maybe smaller than tomato seeds, but they've got instructions that were gonna last for millennia, and as you give today, we're gonna give to you um, little packets of sequoia seeds, and I'm excited. I just think God, we, we need to start a sequoia forest here in Pennsylvania, you know? So we're gonna, I'm gonna work with Mike Humphreys today or not today, but this year, because he's got all the skill on this kind of thing, and we have to get our sequoia seedling nursery started. Okay, so this is an act of faith. All right, so in, anyway, here's the keys. And uh, this is cyclical. That's why we, we do it at the beginning of the year. It's in faith, and faith always stretches us beyond our ability. You know, that's how we know it's faith. Like, God, really? Yeah, that's, okay, that's a good sign of faith. You know, it, we don't want to get into presumption. We're not trying to manipulate God. We're just trying to be faithful to what he says. And the reason we don't want to manipulate him, first of all, is he can see everything that we're doing. And secondly, the seed is not about our 
measure, it's about his measure. So whatever, you know, what he's spoken to you, what he's told you to do, what the desire of your heart is, that's the right number. Okay, and then um, we encourage you, and this is the last part, we encourage you to make a specific list of the harvest you're believing God for. You know, what crops are you planting? You know, you're not just randomly throwing stuff out there, but you're actually saying, God, I want breakthrough in this area. We want this for our children. We want this for our finances, for our ministry, for our business, for our health. We're believing God for awakening. I mean, these can be big visions or or they can be very specific visions. And you've heard the testimonies that happen, and that is part of the joy of being specific in what we're targeting, is we can say, God did it, and this is the story, you know, and it's his testimony of the Lord is the spirit of prophecy, you know, so there's this joy, and so, um, you know, these things are any good thing, you know, it could be the godly desires of your own heart, you know, it doesn't have to be based exactly in a scripture, but it definitely can't contradict the scripture. Like you could write down, you know, I'm praying for a new husband, but if you're married, that's not the good thing. You say, I'm praying God will work in my husband and he'll be a new man, I'll be a new woman, you know, something, that would be scriptural. (laughs) But like, I want a new husband, period, you know. No, we're not gonna agree with that. Okay, you all get that, I'm just saying this. But Part of the reason we want to be specific is then we can decree these things. Not just pray as petition, but decree. We say, I've got seed in the ground, and I'm believing God for rain in season, and I'm believing God that I'm going to see this harvest. And, uh, and so this is, and I just want to declare this, that you will reap if you don't faint. Don't get weary in well-doing. Um, this is a Kairos time. We've just seen God do this and bless this since the first time we did to consecrate the dreams of our lives and the promises of God and all that we hold dear. And lastly, I just want to say, you know, as you, you can follow the directions, but we just want to always make this clear that when we started, we, we wanted to be so careful not to manipulate that we came up with this, we call it our no fear guarantee that if you get carried away, I mean, just say, out, you know, out of some wild dream, and maybe this is, an, you know, I'm, I don't want to say it's not, it can't be God, but say God tells you to give $120,000. Well, we would really like that, but uh, we've got plenty of to do with it. We could spend millions, actually, in, in dreams and kingdom vision. But, but say you do that, and then you wake up two weeks later, and you're kind of like, Oh, Jesus, what did I do? You know, and you're freaked out and all your faith and joy is gone and now you're living in fear and dread. Well, come see us and just say, hey, you know what? It was my best bet. I, I think maybe I was a little on the manic side when I did that and I wasn't really, you know, really considering everything, or sometimes we, we had people that they were really expecting something to happen and it didn't happen. So you come and see us and we, with joy, we will return your offering and we'll agree with you that, that this was a seed of a future 
you know, a future reality. And so, so we're just saying it. There's no fear. And that goes for everybody online, you know. So, okay. And uh, so I think that's about it. And I'm going to ask Ann to come up and join me because we want to declare some blessing over you before you come and present your first fruits. Okay, are we good? I was going to add a little something. Charles um, said he felt like he was blessing the fishing boats. And uh, I have a different sensation when I'm on First Fruit Sunday. I feel like I'm standing at the edge of a cliff, uh, Charles and I, and we're inviting everyone to jump off the cliff with us. <laughs> and I'm, uh, um, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. So, um, and I do know that you are very prophetic people and that you will jump. And so um, I have a fear and trep- trepidation, and I'm not, I, I, like I said, I'm more cautious, but I'm willing to stand here and say we will jump first because I know God is faithful and I've watched him be faithful. Yeah. So thank you for your willingness to jump. So we're going to do our declaration now, so if you'd like to stand up. And we're going to pray that everybody's wings open up. And if, and if you're wearing a jet suit or a, one of those crazy flyer suits, that you'll have a good landing. Okay. All right. So here's the blessing. I loved saying this. This is the power of God being released through human speech. God's word declares that as you bring his tithes and your offerings into the storehouse, that he will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessings that overflow. Because of these, God promises to rebuke the devourer and protect the fruit of your labor from destruction. Because of the cross and because of your faith in the blood of Jesus, you are the children of Abraham, the blessed of the Lord, and you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Therefore, I boldly declare financial blessings, amazing financial blessings on you and your household. God will open doors and speak to the right people about you. I call in better jobs, housing, scholarships, and more. I bless you with breakthrough. I command that which has been restricted by legal matters or by strife or contention to flow freely so that you enjoy what God has intended for you all along. I call back to your homes, wallets, and bank accounts what the enemy has stolen. I declare that God restores double for what has been stolen or lost. I call for jubilee restoration of your rightful portion. And may the Lord restore that which has been stolen from your family line over the centuries with interest. I declare blessings for those who work in sales and consulting that more and bigger sales, commissions, accounts, opportunities, and deals will be attracted to you. And for all of you, I declare that opportunities for advancement will come. Because our Father... Because our Father delights to surprise his children, I declare that the Lord will cause you to unexpectedly find money. And you will receive checks in the mail and opportunities to prosper will find you. 
For every entrepreneur and business owner, may your businesses become so prosperous that you can bless your employees with raises and better benefits. I speak blessing on your plans and I call for astounding profits. I call for such a spirit of abundance to come upon this people that God miraculously brings you out of debt and that you are released from the stress and the burden of debt. And I release wisdom so that you can come into a new reality of financial freedom and of God's provision so that you and your house may serve the Lord with newness of joy. May you and your household enjoy exceedingly abundant above and beyond favor and increase in your lives. And may you give the way you've always wanted to give. Life Center, I bless you in Jesus' name as you come bringing your gifts to God. Thank you, thank you. And before we call you forward, I wanna call Dylan up. And Dylan and Katie were living in Brisbane, Australia last year, and they were part of this, but many of you are online, and you're thinking, oh, I wish I was in the room. Does this work over the airwaves? So Dylan, I want you to just to share and to pray yeah. for everyone giving online. Totally, yeah. I want to pray for you this morning that um, in the same way where we were giving from far away, from thousands of miles away, we still felt connected. And my prayer this morning as you give is that you feel that connection and that actually there's this um, aspect of thinking like, well, the hub of power is there in the geographic location with everybody else giving. But I pray that you would feel the connection to the hub. And I, I had this picture this morning as I prayed um, specifically for this, like a baseball player who starts his swing from his hips at the very core, the hub of the strength comes from that central place, but there is a greater impact um, at the end of the sweet spot of the bat where it connects to the ball. And I pray that as you give your offering of faith, that it would actually be um, an increased impact uh, kind of like according to the separation of where you're at, that there is, there's an increase in the impact um, as, you, as you give by faith from wherever you are. And not only that, but that actually, just as Charles said, that one single seed can change an entire region. I know that part of our prayer was that, that um, this whole blessing of giving and the, the blessing of first fruits would actually take seed in the ground where we were located at the time, all the way in Australia, and it would actually create a new culture of generosity. And so I bless the seed from wherever you're at to create an entire culture of generosity and blessing where you are right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And so before, before Brian calls you forward, I want to bless the online givers specifically. May the Lord Give rain for your seed, which you sow today. May he increase you many times over and bless you as he has promised. Amen. 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 That's good, Charles. Um, but our team that's going to be prayer leaders, pastors, elders, come on up. That'd be great. As you guys do that, just a couple things to remind you. And 
Chani reminded me so well, you might want to take a picture of your envelope just so you can remind yourself throughout the year. It's a good way to keep that unless you make another copy of that. Take a picture with your phone. It's really good. The Martins did that. Remember a few weeks ago, they shared a testimony and they showed us a picture of their envelope. It's a really good thing to do. Also, if you want to be prayed for and you have a mask, um, there will be two couples over here. The Castanones and Pickens will be praying and they'll have masks on, so we'll pray for you. If you want to stay socially distanced, there are baskets in the balcony that you can just drop it in the, in the basket and we'll definitely be praying for it, okay? Great. Well, come on. You come on forward. We release you to come on and just queue up in the aisles and we'll, we'll pray for you. We know some of you are still giving. I see lines of people waiting to give. This is amazing. And, uh, but we feel like we've got, we've got a good portion here that represents the whole. And we want to do this while many of you are still here. You just want to take these first fruits offering, these very holy first fruits offering, and pray a blessing on them. I feel like this is a this is a unique first fruits offering. I think we're going to see not only harvest in the blessings that many of you have specified, you're believing God for, but we're going to see the release of a harvest of souls in our nation and around the world. So Father, we lift this holy first fruits offering to you. We thank you for the sacrifice, the faith, the dreams and the desires that are all packed into these seeds that are sown. And we trust you that you're Lord of the harvest and that you will watch over the seed that's sown even as this gets sown into missions and ministries and various projects to help the poor. That there will be a release of harvest in our nation that just boggles our minds. God, that this will, what seems like a time of downturn will be a time of revival, awakening, and harvest. And we just declare that these seeds are alive and squirming with life, God. And that the sunshine of your love and the soil of your promises will bring forth more than we expect. So we dedicate these to you and we declare they're holy, that they belong to you and that you'll treat them as your own. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The, the golden bowls of incense are being poured out into the, the harvest of the world. Father, thank you. We dedicate all of these to you in the name of Jesus. We lift it up. It's yours, God. We present it to you. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, I just want to bless you and release you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine on your lives. May his gracious ways be surrounding you continually. May you know he lifts his face up and turns toward you when you pray. And may his peace, the peace that passes understanding, be upon you as you bear the name of Jesus into the world. Amen, amen. God bless you, Life Center. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>